Well, good morning, church, and happy new year. I'm Reverend Jeff. If we have not had a chance to meet, I'm so glad that you are worshiping with us today. See a lot of familiar faces, which is great. And if you are like me, you were up late last night. But if you're like me, you weren't up late last night because you were having a New Year's Eve party. It's because you were watching the game. And I promised some folks that this morning was not gonna be a half hour of sports center up here on stage, but I do have to say, how about them dogs? Okay, there we go. That's, that's all I can really do in good conscience. Okay, but we are here for church and, and it's good to be gathered for something greater, greater than college football, greater than late night parties here. This is the place that we receive the grace. This is where we receive what we need to keep going for the day, for the week, and for the year to come. So I'm glad you're here. I think God has something in store for each and every one of us. This is a new year. This is New Year's Day. And I don't know, but did you grow up eating the traditional New Year's meal? Maybe you still eat it. Do you know what I'm talking about? The New Year's meal. This is actually a custom that countries all over the world and people for thousands of years, they have had a meal on New Year's Day that symbolizes other things. But here in the South, folks, have a particular New Year's meal. Now you can even go to the farmer's almanac and see what this meal is. It's a lucky New Year's recipe. And there are a few parts of it. You got your collard greens, which represent dollar bills. You got your black eyed peas, which represent coins. You have cornbread, which is yellow and represents gold. And you got your, your pork, or your ham that represents forward motion or advancement, particularly in your career. And if you're like me, you can close your eyes and pretty much taste mom's cooking. It's a good meal. I'm probably gonna eat it tonight. I love this meal. But I don't know if you paid attention to what makes these recipes lucky. I mean, are these the things that we really want in the new year? Is this what we need more of? Because if you pay attention, every single one of these ingredients in a lucky recipe represents money. It represents more possessions. And don't get me wrong, I'll take more money in 2023. But is that what we need most? Is that the only thing? that matters. Instead, this morning, I want to consider a different table. I want to look at the Lord's table and a different approach to what truly nourishes and sustains us. So we're going to turn to the gospel of Matthew chapter 26 and read verses 26 through 30. Hear from God's holy scripture. While they were eating, and this is the Passover, the last supper. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from this, 
drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they'd sung a hymn, they went out, out to the Mount of Olives. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This was the Last Supper. It's an iconic meal, an iconic table that Jesus shared with his disciples. And as I reflect on important meals, I think about the fact that sometimes in a meal, the food matters the most. But more often than not, it's, it's the people around the table that matter most. But think about times when the food itself really matters. Do you remember the first time you really cooked a meal for somebody else? It, some of you, you might've been too young to even remember that such a time. But for me, I was, I was in college when I cooked my first real meal for someone else. And it was my then girlfriend, now wife, Emily. And I remember it because obviously I was trying to impress her. And I still remember exactly what I cooked. It was this salmon dish over pasta. But I remember it because every part of the meal meant something. There was thought behind every part of it. I also remember that I spent way too much money on spices as a college student to make sure I got it exactly right. But as I shared this meal, I was able to talk about how the various ingredients pointed to something more. Because the food mattered. It pointed to something greater. And so it is with our New Year's lucky recipes. They point to something more. They point to the rest of the year that we will have. And it was the same way when Jesus sat down with his disciples at the Last Supper and shared a meal. The food mattered not because of how it was prepared or how elaborate it was, it pointed to something greater. That meal actually pointed to the history of the redemption of the people of Israel, and it would point to a future redemption and point to Jesus himself. The meal they were sharing was this Passover meal. It was an annual table that was shared by Jewish people and there was significance to everything that was eaten. Part of the meal would be bitter herbs. There are a few other bitter items that would be eaten, but they would remind the Jewish people of the enslavement and the oppression that they had faced. And there would be some greens on their plate, but a different type of green, reminding them that the spring was coming that new life would arrive. And there are various cups throughout the meal, each representing a promise of redemption that God offers through scripture. And finally, there's matzah bread, which represented how quickly the Jewish people needed to escape captivity. The food mattered. And Jesus and his disciples knew how important it was to remember especially when you sit around the table. So Jesus took these, these foods, these ideas, and pointed them to something even 
greater. He took this story of redemption and inserted himself into the narrative. The food had pointed to the redemption of the Israelites and Jesus transformed the meaning to point to the redemption of all people. He said, this bread is my body. This cup is my blood of a new covenant. And the food itself matters because it points to something. It doesn't just point to prosperity, but it points to redemption and it points to relationship. And I pray that those are the things that we really desire in the new year. See, I think sometimes people get their faith twisted that they look at this meal we share in church a little bit backwards. That they come to the Lord's table and ask the question, what can God do for me? They look at the Lord's table and see how they can get something out of it. Asking Jesus, what can I do in order to get something back? Something that I've always wanted. Theologians have a word for this. They actually call it prosperity gospel. Have you ever heard of it? It's the idea that your faith would be transactional. That if you would do the right things, if you simply pray, if you simply come to church, if you do the things that you're told, then God will give you blessings, that you will receive health and wealth. But that's not the plate that Jesus offers. Instead, Jesus offers himself, his body, his blood. Because it is not a transaction. It is a relationship. And so I wonder, how will we ensure that our faith in a new year is not transactional, but relational? The food matters because it points to something greater. But the people around the table, that matters even more most of the time, right? I'm thinking about the meal that I shared on Christmas. Maybe you can think of a, a meaningful meal that you had over this past holiday season and envision the people sitting around the table. Now, I can tell you about the food too. I can tell you about my grandma's dressing recipe and the carrot souffle and the broccoli casserole. I can tell you about all of that. But what made my meal on Christmas meaningful was the people who were sitting around the table. They were who matter most in my life. And that's who sat around the table with Jesus at the Last Supper, right? They were the people who meant the most in his life and in his ministry. It, they, it would be like the same people that we shared such a meal with over the holiday season and so he's sitting around the table with these people who matter most to him. And immediately before the passage we read, the well-known passage of Jesus taking the bread and the cup, and just before that, he turned and says, one of you will betray me. I mean, can you imagine that? The people who you know best, and in this case, had traveled with Jesus to the holy city for this important meal, had committed their lives to him. Who 
is going to betray him. How are they going to do that? These are the people who matter the most. But we know. We know who it is. We know it's Judas. But it actually gets worse. That happens before the meal and immediately after the meal, Jesus looks around the table and says, in fact, all of you, every last one will fall away because of me. And Peter, you know, Peter, Peter refuses. He says, not me. I'm not going to do that. And he gets the sharpest rebuke. Jesus says, Peter, you not only once, but you will deny me three times. Peter, one of the closest of the disciples. So if what matters most at a meal are the people who are sitting around the table, this Passover meal is not going well. You have people who will betray Jesus. You have people who will fall away from Jesus. And you have people who will deny Jesus. But it doesn't change what Jesus offers he still offers his very life. It's not something trivial. It's not something monetary. But that's not what he asks in return either. Jesus is sitting with the people who matter most, who will betray and deny him. And he says, this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for forgiveness. And it sounds a little bit different when you know who is surrounding him at that table. Still, Jesus offers forgiveness. And you know how it turns out. You know Peter's story, how he accepts this forgiveness, how the church is built on Peter, the rock. And you also know the story of Judas, who didn't accept the forgiveness. But I oftentimes wonder, what could have been? What could have happened in our world and in the church if Judas, if Judas had accepted the forgiveness of Christ? And I wonder what would happen if we really accepted that forgiveness. I wonder how our world could be different if we could offer that kind of forgiveness to others or maybe even ask for it for ourselves. Maybe that's what you need going into a new year. Or maybe you just need to hear that a new covenant is being offered, that a relationship is being offered offered that faith coming to church is not about simply receiving something, simply getting help or wealth, but it is about relationship. It's about something different. It's a different kind of table. And so I ask, where is your focus? Where is your faith as we enter into a new year? Are you looking for a plate that's simply going to offer luck and wealth. Because you can get that. You can get that out in the world. 
by just working a little bit harder, a little bit more. But if you want something deeper, if you want more in this new year, if you're looking for a real fresh start or true forgiveness, if you are looking for a covenant relationship with God, then this, the Lord's table, is for you. The food matters. The people around it matter. And this is the Lord's table in the Lord's house. So we'll gather together. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray for the people who are in this room. I pray that you would work in our hearts, that you would prepare us for this meal. That we would be ready to hear from you the words of relationship that you offer going into a new year. That you have something in store for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.